Welcome to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G. This is your forum for exploring and discussing challenges that are faced by public and nonprofit leaders. And now, here's Dr. G. Good afternoon, and thank you for tuning in to Leadership Matters. I'm Cheryl G., and I'll be your host for the hour. Today, we're going to be talking about getting the right person in the right seat to get the job done. And with us today, we have Larry Gardner, who is a retired executive from the city of San Diego. Thank you for joining us, uh, Larry. Cheryl, thank you very much for giving me the opportunity. Yes, and then also on the line, we have Valerie Wright, and Valerie is the Director of Organization Development with the Neighborhood House Association. Thank you for joining us, Valerie. Thank you, Dr. G. A pleasure to join you. Yes. So I'm going to start just by asking each of you to give us just a little bit of a background with regards to the perspective that you bring so that our listeners have a little bit of an understanding um, one might say, of your view or mindset. Uh, Larry, why don't we start with you, if you could just share a little bit about your background. Um, basically, I've um, spent about 30 years in the, in the public service arena, uh, beginning straight out of college as a, uh, as a case manager and a case worker for the U.S. Bureau of Prisons, and then in later years um, coming to the city of San Diego. 1985, uh, started there actually... Um, as a person who was a displaced worker, and I just worked a number of jobs in the city of San Diego. Started off at the ground floor as a grounds maintenance worker, retired as a deputy city manager, and had a lot of jobs in between. I was a labor relations manager, negotiated contracts with all of the labor organizations and management. Uh, I was the equal employment investigative officer for the city of San Diego and the director of the water department, general services. So I had a number of different responsibilities in the public sector. Okay, wonderful. Thanks, Larry. And then, Valerie, how about yourself? All right. Um, thank you, Dr. G. I spent the past 25 years in the nonprofit sector. Uh, I've served as an executive director of several small nonprofits back in Florida. Um, I've been a nonprofit consultant working um, in community development, uh, working as a consultant to nonprofits in the arena of capacity building, um, served with the NOM. A foundation, local foundation, um, spent time in um, communities working as an organizer and running an organizing project uh, in communities in Florida. So spent a lot of time working on the ground in communities uh, and with leaders around nonprofit development. Great. Well, thank you so much, Valerie. <clears throat> So it Thank sounds you. like with both of our guests, with Larry, we have someone that has a wealth of knowledge and background as relates to the public sector. And, uh, Valerie, you certainly bring a wealth of knowledge and great perspective as relates to the nonprofit arena. So, again, welcome to both of you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Larry, I'm going to just ask you to just to share your thoughts with regards to what it means to get the right person in the right seat to get the job done and, and why, it, why is that important. Well, you know, Cheryl, it, it's important, and I look at things usually uh, from two perspectives. I immediately look at things from the perspective of the working person. You know, um, well, what are the things that impact and motivate or demotivate people in the workforce who actually do the work? And then secondly, you know, what does it really take from a management and a leadership standpoint to motivate people, hold people accountable, and, and really encourage people to move toward a goal? So. I guess one of the number one things is, for me, 
you really have to understand what the job is that you're actually trying to fill. It's amazing how many people I found who take off and put together these wonderful interview processes and selection processes, and they don't really understand the nuts and bolts of the job that they're really filling. And so I say that the fundamental issue that people need to look at first and foremost to make sure you're getting the right person, not only on the bus but in the right seat, is to first understand exactly what it is that you're trying to feel and what you're trying to accomplish. Excellent. Love that. Uh, Valerie, anything you'd like to add? Uh, absolutely. I would say a ditto to that. And also, you got to know what it takes of the person who's going to fill the role. So you know what the position is. You're clear about what the responsibilities are, what the outcomes, performance levels that are required. Then what does the person need to bring to that seat in order to make things happen? Um, you know, it's foundational to getting the person who come with the personality, the right skill set. Can they interact with the people they're going to need to interact with? Can they build relationships? So it's both of those um, molded together, both knowing what it is you need to accomplish through that position, but also what it would take for the person to accomplish it. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm loving what both of you are saying, um, and it really uh, I think behooves us. Then one might say just to step back before one even begins the uh, selection process, as Larry was saying, and uh, get clarity with regards to you know what's the job all about, and um, having an understanding of. I think what you're um, both saying with regards to the competencies, and uh, Valerie with regards to what the person has to bring in order to be able to deliver on what uh, Larry identified, and that is, you know, um, what the job is going to require. Right. Uh, yes. So if we were to um, maybe take a sidestep to that um, piece of our conversation and come back to it, and I just ask you just to think of, Larry, maybe um, a proudest proud moment in your own career where this actually uh, worked for you. In other words, uh, a situation where you were able to, achieve a significant outcome just based on getting the right person in the right seat and, you know, how significant that was. Oh, yeah, I can, I can think of several, but, but um, I'll, I'll just take this one for, for right now. Um, I've worked uh, for, for years uh, within a public organization that basically operated under the precept of um, if, if a person doesn't really hasn't really spent time, five, six, seven, eight, nine years in an organization, it's impossible for that person to be able to manage that organization because you, you just got to understand every little component of everything before you can really do an effective job of leading and managing an organization. And so one of my proudest moments was really kind of helping to debunk that uh, particular um, a theory, but in, in one situation where I had the opportunity, as part of the selection process, the person was going to be reporting directly to me at an executive level, I was able to take a person that was completely out of the traditional workforce um, that I was hiring a person for. In other words, they had no specific knowledge, skills related to the work that was being performed, but this person had excellent overall leadership. Management skills. Hello? 
Yes, uh-huh, we're here. I heard a little. I heard a little break in the line there too, but we're we're yeah, I heard that connected. Too. And so, uh, questions with regard to whether or not the person was going to be able to be effective in an, an extremely labor-intensive workforce where they just didn't understand the lingo and weren't familiar with some of the terms and 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 the nuts and bolts. The person wound up being the best thing that could have ever happened. The employees embraced this particular person helped to turn around the performance in this particular organization, and it just helped to show that if you take a person that has a good basic uh, foundation and they're really thinking progressively, looking forward, and not stuck in the past at solutions, um, at, at motivations, at ways to accomplish issues, that you don't have to have spent five, ten years in a workforce to understand it well enough to manage it. You can come in if you got the people skills, if you have the basic management skills, you got the right attitude, you're optimistic enough, yet realistic enough. You're looking at and identifying who your internal and external customers are, then you could be successful. And that that was an example. Okay, wonderful. I appreciate that. So it was really in that instance you're um identifying someone that maybe like I say didn't grow up in that um organization hadn't been spent a lot of time in the organization, but you identified really what was necessary and you could see that that person really had the management skills, the leadership skills, the attitude, and understanding of the internal and external customer needs and um, then were able to then um, achieve a successful outcome regardless of the fact that they didn't, what one might say, um, grow up or spend a lot of time in that particular workspace. You've, you found all these other elements that were transferable. That's exactly right, and that applies to to people that are in entry-level positions also. I don't want to overlook that piece. That's important. There are a lot of people at entry level that are trying to secure positions, you know, who there are a lot of assumptions are made about because this person just doesn't have this experience, whatever. I mean, and so you got to get over that. You find somebody that's really bright, really able to grasp issues, able to be trainable, you know, just they're well ready to sponge it up. Okay, so we're going to actually... Um transition to a commercial break and we'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Are there any challenges to your success? You already have what it takes to turn these challenges into results in any area. Find out more when you tune in to The Power of Realism, Why Integrity Matters, with host Jeffrey Canavan. We all deal with adversity and challenges in life and business. We'll talk with those individuals who have faced these challenges and turned them into success stories. By making just a few shifts in your thinking, you too can be one of these success stories. The Power of Realism airs live on Thursdays at 10 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on Voice America Business. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or email drg at dr.g at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. 
Technology is changing the way we live our lives and how we do business. On CIO Talk Radio, we talk about the benefits of technology and the great things it allows us to do, as well as its risks. Heard every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, Sunjo Gall interviews business leaders and other experts that are shaping the way we use technology. To learn more about this show, visit www.ciotalkradio.com. Keep up with the changing world of technology and listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjo Gall. Listen in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, right here on Voice America Business. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to dr.g at innovations.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. And we're back with more. On Leadership Matters. Today we're talking about getting the right person in the right seat to get the job done. And with us today we have retired Deputy City Manager from the City of San Diego, uh, Mr. Larry Gardner. Uh, thank you for staying with us, Larry. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And then also with us we have Valerie Wright, who's the Director of Organization Development Services here at the Neighborhood House Association. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Valerie, for being on the line. Thank you, Dr. G. Yes. So before we went to break, I think Barry was talking about just um, understanding what a job requires so that one can identify the core skill sets and knowing that some of those skills are are skills that actually one might have developed in a different arena, but you have these transferable skills that you can actually use in a lot of different settings. And so it don't necessarily have to be in an organization or have experience at an organization to have success within the organization, which I think is a great learning for us all. Um, Valerie, I was going to ask you just to share your proudest proud moment as it relates to um, having achieved a significant outcome by getting the right person in the right seat. Mm-hmm. I, um, I think I'll share um, that there are several, and I've actually um, probably the proudest is just part of not only getting the right person in the right seat, but reshaping how the organization looked at hiring um, employees. So had an uh, opening for a senior administrative assistant. Our normal process where we bring in, um, our normal process was to bring in a group of them, uh, candidates, interview, then select the top three, bring those back in and interview. Well, for my position, I work with the HR person to really look at what we wanted the position to do based on the department and not just a general description. Once I got that clarity, I um, work with our IT department to set up testing in all of the areas where this person would actually have to perform. So we had tests for them uh, on Word, um, Microsoft Excel, whatever software they would use, had letter writing prepared, uh, and then time based on some of the time pressures that would be uh, in the position 
and had three candidates go through that process, and it was extremely revealing because after the first interview, I had my mind set on a candidate, but once they went through that test, personality came out, and um, when we were doing the interview after they had been tested, the candidate that I thought would be the person, my choice, had this energy about being put in a pressure position and that wasn't enough time and and it was just an overwhelming experience for me because the person who we ultimately chose has turned out not only to be the best employee ever but has made an impact on the entire organization but it was that testing that brought out the skills that wouldn't have been revealed otherwise in the interview. So I think that that really made a difference in terms of paying attention to testing, assessing what people bring to the table, not just trusting that they have the skills they declare in their resume or in an interview, but being able to see if they actually can produce. Mm-hmm. I love that, and um, certainly I've been um, I've been able to benefit from that assessment process as well. <laughs> having yes. you here and, and really having you um, led that process because I know the uh, employer you're speaking about is yes. absolutely outstanding. Outstanding. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so I, too, um, want to, I guess, underscore the importance of having an assessment center type interview, mm-hmm. one that gets beyond simply an interpersonal conversation about um, job requirements but really gives you an opportunity to assess. Um, I think as Larry um, talked about, so much of having the right person in the right seat starts with, you know, how you bring that person into the organization to Absolutely. begin with. And there's nothing worse than um, having a situation where you are faced with, oh, my God, if I only knew, and it's just not a good match and you've already have um, committed to mm-hmm. uh, bringing the person on and you have them performing and the skills don't match. I think some of the other assessment things that I've seen just right here at the neighborhood house that I think have, have been um, just um, great um, ways of, um, one might say, assessing skills beyond just um, that interpersonal conversation. I know with our community affairs person, it's real important that we have them actually develop a article mm-hmm. under time constraints and mm-hmm. be able to... Um, demonstrate good writing skills as well as the ability to communicate. I think with our uh, central kitchen um, having a situation set up like Top Chef to where they actually have to do a, a demo of a, um, you know, a, a cooking um, uh, demo versus just simply, again, communicating, uh, demonstrating their communication skills. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we can probably, I know even myself in teaching at some of the community colleges or at some of the universities, those interviewing processes, um, we've had everything from having to demonstrate facilitation skills to demonstrating presentation skills. Yes. And so I think the more we can really identify what a job requires and, um, you know, if there's English proficiency or second language proficiency that's required, um, identifying what's required and then figuring out the best way to have a person not only be able to talk about it but to demonstrate it can go a long way in making sure that we get the right person in the right seat uh, to begin with. Absolutely. I had an experience, Dr. G, where I uh, applied for a job at a foundation that um, worked directly in the community, mm-hmm. and I lived out of the, the state, so they brought me in for a week I had to conduct trainings, 
spend time with their community partners, having them, um, you know, question and evaluate my fit with them as a community. So it it goes beyond just um, do you have the skill set, but are you a fit with the culture that's being created, whether it's in a community or in an organization, and some of that comes from longer-term interaction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and one could even um, think of and argue with regards to the benefits of actually taking more time on the front end yes. to do a more thorough assessment um, because once you've hired them into the process, as Larry can probably um, attest to giving his many years not only in management but as a labor relations manager (laughs) and so on and so forth, Um, just how difficult it is then to have to go through the process of um, it's painful for the person who got put in the the seat that really is not a good fit as well as the supervisors who's trying to get someone out of a seat that's not a good fit. If we just spent more time up front just making sure, you know what, is this really going to work for both parties? Absolutely. For the organization and the individual. Larry, your thoughts on that? Yes, Dr. G. Well, one of the things I'd like to add, uh, just in in reflecting on what Valerie just said, is that roles and responsibilities being clearly defined is one of the opportunities I think that is is really missed um, in assessment centers and as well as in providing just basic feedback and description of what uh, is going to be expected of the incumbent in a position. So it's, it's a real simple little piece where, as I said earlier, first you need to understand what it is, what responsibilities this person is going to be assuming before you can really translate to them what they're getting into. And then you avoid any surprises mm-hmm. for the individual. In fact, it's amazing how many people will say, hey, thanks for clarifying that because you know what? This is not really going to be for me. Um, and, and I just appreciate having the clarity with regard to understanding where you're going with this particular position. So. Um, we've got to be really clear about roles and responsibility. Mm, love that, and we'll underscore that um, as it relates to those roles and responsibilities. Larry, why don't we stick with you for a moment and also just ask you to just share, um, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of just the responsibility that supervisors have to always kind of be in that space of trying to discern what staff needs as relates to being able to perform, uh, be it direction if there's a competence issue or motivation, um, inspiring that performance if there's a, a will or a um, confidence issue, um, and certainly being able to provide resources necessary to perform. As you maybe think about um, ways that a supervisor can go about determining, or I might say staying in touch with what a um, assigned staff person might need, what might that be? What are some ways that supervisors can really kind of stay in touch with the needs of an employee? Well, it's amazing how simple it is, in, mm-hmm. in, from, from, from my school of thought at least, and, and that is simply by uh, either visiting the employee in their own workspace and doing some assessments on what's going on in your workplace yourself. No matter what your responsibility is in an organization, whether you are the chief executive officer, or chief operating officer, or a frontline supervisor, or a laborer, you know, it's important that you, you, you really understand what the other individuals um, um, are really dealing with on a day-to-day basis. you, you got to do that. If you don't do that, you have to rely on 
what others are telling you in your workplace. I have a philosophy, and my philosophy is you can expect what you inspect. It's real simple. You know, it's not, um, it doesn't require an awful lot of um, figuring that one out. You don't have to scratch your head on that one much. You can expect what you inspect. If you never look, you never visit, you never see for yourself, if the people that you work with, the people that work for you, etc., etc., never see you, never talk to you, don't think that you really care about what their cog in the wheel is all about, then you can expect anything because you're not inspecting anything. Right. And I know, Larry, you were very well known for what we would call the uh, management by walking around. Yes. You were there, people knew you, and it was clear that you were definitely uh, inspecting uh, what you were expecting, but in a way that was motivating and inspiring. Absolutely, because that's what it's all about. You know, it, no individual in an organization can accomplish anything without, you know, the, the collective uh, organization or the group or the work crews, etc., really pulling together. Uh, and, and you're rowing in one direction, and you're rowing in time together. So that, that, that's important. If it's important for the folks at the lowest level, it's got to be important for me, no matter what. You know, that's the way it's got to be. Okay. So we're going to take a short break again and be right back with more on Leadership Matters. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or email drg at dr.g at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Income Property Investment Talk with Peter L. Mosca provides those of you eager to invest well in real estate with the knowledge, resources, and tools necessary to generate significant wealth. Our focus is to help you maximize your real estate investment dollars. Listen live to the brightest minds in investment real estate every Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. That's Income Property Investment Talk with Peter L. Mosca, where America learns to invest. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to dr.g at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. And we're back with more on Leadership Matters. Today we're talking about getting the right person in the right seat to get the job done. And with us today, we have retired executive um, leader with from the city of San Diego, Mr. Larry Gartner. Thanks for staying with us, Larry. 
Thank you. And Valerie Wright, Director of Organization Development here at the Neighborhood House Association. Thanks again, Valerie. Thank you. Yes, Valerie, before we went to a break, Larry had been sharing a little bit about um, his thought with regards to staying in touch with where employees are so that we can then assess what they need um, in order to be able to also figure out um, the best way of getting a job done. Any thoughts relative to what Larry shared? Uh, I think Larry summed it up well. It's mm-hmm. it's about that relationship, um, not only going where they are, but making sure they feel they can come where you are and um, including them on decisions because they're the experts, actually, on most of what you're making decisions about. They're going to have details, so making them feel that their feedback and opinion and uh, advice is welcomed and listening um, is an is a way of just adding on to what Larry said. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love that as an add-on with regards to so it's kind of being there, allowing them to also have access, um, and listening. I think is just something I want to underscore because sometimes we miss out on opportunities simply yes. because we didn't listen. Mm-hmm. Um, so observing um, and listening, I think, are certainly key things that can help us do that assessment to figure out what's needed as relates to direction and support. Valerie, um, the other piece to being able to get the job done is having the skills, staying updated on those skills. Any thoughts uh, with regards to how we can help ensure that staff do um, have skills that are updated and uh, necessary to perform their jobs? Yes, yes. We as an organization has have a responsibility to support employees in um, staying on the cutting edge of whatever their profession or job requires. So if that means paying for publications that have articles on the latest, greatest trends in whatever it is they're doing, um, paying for associations so they're networking and meeting with people who are you know, coming up with what's the latest ideas, what people are doing, best practices, paying and supporting them through seminars, workshops, training, um, keeping new information before them, keeping the workplace fresh, uh, having a energy of creative and innovative um, opportunities for employees so that they are constantly looking for new and better ways to do things and developing their own skills. Um, You can do cross-training on jobs so people learn other parts of the organization, which then sharpen their own skills. I I know you use this a lot lately, but iron sharpens iron, Dr. G. Mm -hmm. And so the more we give employees an opportunity to learn out of their own area and of expertise, it sharpens their own thinking about what they do, um, performance coaching, offering mentors within the organization or outside of the organization, again, offers an opportunity for them to get feedback from someone who has a little more experience or um, expertise in an area. So just looking at all of the ways, there's so much information, just making sure we keep uh, the flow of information in and out of the organization for employees to access. Okay, so really providing a multitude of different um, ways for mm-hmm. ongoing learning and development. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Larry, anything you'd add? 
No, I think I, I just uh, agree so wholeheartedly with everything that Valerie's saying, and and I just um, it, it's all about um, trying to provide an, an opportunity for people to be really all that they can be. Yes. And sharing information and knowledge. Sharing information and knowledge is so powerful uh, that it can transcend organizations. It can take them to great heights. Um, when people pigeonhole information and don't share with everybody, it becomes very difficult for new people coming into organizations to understand uh, all of the inner workings and, and things. So Valerie is just right on the money. Okay, great. Larry, um, thoughts with regards to uh, ways to motivate and inspire uh, employees to be able to give and do their best. Any thoughts from you with regards to that topic? Well, yeah, I, I certainly have thoughts on that, uh, on that, and I can be, I'll be as quick as I possibly can. Um, um, I think that there's 10, 10 Larry Gardner steps to becoming a better employee and a better person in your working, in your working life. And, and did you say 10 or 2? Just 10. 10. Oh, let's hear all 10 of them. Okay. Attitude, you got to respect yourself and you got to respect others. You know, you wake up in the morning knowing that there's no one on earth better than you, but that you know better than anyone else. You got to seek knowledge and information. You got to know what your job is, learn the policies, rules, and exceptions. You got to exercise wisdom. If a person understands and knows that issues need to be dealt with, you know, employees need to be counseled, sage advice, you, you got to deal with those things. Work ethics, take pride in whatever you do, give it 100%. You're a public servant. And public servants always have to give outstanding customer service. It's just part of the part of the package. Teamwork. There is no big I or me in, in public organizations. It's we and the team. And and you'll only go as far as the overall team goes. So it's important to network, do effective communicating and mentoring of people. It just it's a cycle thing. Conflict. Most people try to ignore conflict. You gotta lean into it. Lean into that conflict, confront it, and try to work through it. The longer it's ignored, the more it develops into something bigger than all of us. And we try to try to, you know, do, do it on a one-on-one -on -one basis, but we gotta deal with the conflict issue. Don't let it drag us down. Second time around, a lot of people give up on the first lap around the track. You gotta keep on, keep on, keep it on. Mm -hmm. Never forget where you come from. You know, some people move up the ladder in organizations. And they forget that they ever had an entry-level job, and they forget how they felt when they were an entry-level employee. It's important to never forget where you come from in an organization and to share with others. Respect is earned. It's not automatic. Titles do not beget respect. Have a personal vision of what success means to you, and don't think about it forever. Sometimes you just got to go get it. Mm-hmm. That's Love it. it. Okay. Loving it. Valerie, any uh, thoughts after that? I know. <laughs> that was great. No, I know. I, we're going to have to compare notes afterwards to make, make sure we um, right. got all ten of those, uh, Valerie, huh? Right. I was no, trying to write I, feverishly. Yeah, I, right. <laughs> no, I, I, I think that is absolutely um, a great list, and I'm going to print it and put it on my wall, Larry, and read right. it every morning when I step in here. <laughs> Val, I'm going to send you a copy of this. Okay, great. Thank you. All right now. I would love it. <laughs> good. Very good. Mm -hmm. So um, no, I think that list is powerful, and mm -hmm. I think it is um, the the thing I would maybe undergird is that having that, our employees have to 
go for it. You know, you you can put it before them, but the final step has to be their desire and want for it. You're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I used to work, when I used to have open door sessions when I worked uh, at the city of San Diego, mm-hmm. and usually my open door sessions, they were only about five minutes per session. And so people would wonder, well, wait a minute, how can you have anything meaningful take place in five minutes, you know? Mm-hmm. And we would just cut to the chase because, you know, there are other people that need to come in and got issues. So we need to find out what the issue is and resolve it, and let's get on with it. Mm-hmm. 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 No, I remember that. I remember that. I remember when you opened that open door. <laughs> you have an open door policy. And we were been... like, well, well, does that mean that they're going to be um, skipping their chain of command to go in and... <laughs> you remember that, huh? Yeah. I do remember all that. <laughs> Anybody can come in, no problem. Yeah, no, absolutely. Best way to find out what's going on is to create space to hear it. That's what you want, open communication. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. There you go. Mm-hmm. So, um, Valerie, if you were to just reflect on a lesson that you've learned uh, regarding getting the right person and the right seat uh, to get that job done, um, just lessons learned from your own life experience, um, what are your thoughts? Mm-hmm. Well, it's heaven when it works and torment when it doesn't. <laughs> uh, I think it's um, it's absolutely critical to, uh, I think you said it earlier, Dr. G, and that is you summed it up with um, putting the time, the energy, the effort on the front end to... Um, Make sure it's a match when you're hiring someone. And I would take that and then parlay it into there may be a person who is uh, in the organization and just not motivated enough, maybe in the right seat, maybe missing something. So the lesson is to engage that person. And now that I have Larry's 10 steps, <laughs> Uh, you know, use that as a way of not be- thinking because a person isn't uh, performing at the optimal that they're not in the right place, but listening and engaging them to understand why they're not achieving mm-hmm. because they may be the right person in the right seat and not doing what they can do, finding out what are those environmental factors, what are those internal factors um, that may be uh, holding them in in a position not to achieve their best. Uh, I think that's the other part of getting the right person in the right seat. We may have that person there, but discount them because they aren't able to achieve what they need to. Mm-hmm. Very good. Very yeah. good. I agree. Mm-hmm. I do, too. So we're going to um, go on and take a... Another short break, and when we return, Larry, I'm going to ask you pretty much the same, just to kind of uh, give us some of your reflections with regards to lessons learned and then final tips for our listeners on this topic of getting the right person in the right seat to get the job done. We'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters. Business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. 
When you are trying to establish your financial plan, there are all sorts of variables that you'll need to take into consideration, from the ever-changing economy and markets to investment risk and your own financial needs. How do you manage all of it to find a plan that will work for you? Tune in to The Insightful Investor with Bob Pugh. We'll help you iron it all out to help you stick to a financial plan with the knowledge that you need. The Insightful Investor is broadcast live Mondays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or email drg at dr.g at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Tune in every Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific time for The Growth Strategist with Aldana Ambler. On the show, Aldana and some of today's top business professionals will discuss some of today's most pressing business issues that hold you, the business owner, back. Aldana will also give you 21 ways to grow with her list of growth strategies. Grow smart, grow profit, and grow your business with Aldana Ambler and The Growth Strategist every Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific time right here on the bottom line in business talk voice america business when it comes to business you'll find the experts here voice america business network listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to dr.g at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. And we're back with more on Leadership Matters. Uh, today we're talking about getting the right person in the right seat to get the job done. And we have Larry Gardner, retired executive from the city of San Diego, and Valerie Wright, the um, director of organization development here at the Neighborhood House Association in San Diego, California. Again, thank you both for being on the uh, show today. And before thank we you. went to break, Valerie, you were sharing reflections with regards to lessons learned. And when we came back, I said we'd ask Larry to kind of do the same. So, Larry, wanted just to... Uh, provide us with a, a lesson learned from reflections on this topic? Well, you know, getting the right person in, in the right seat to get things done is just, it's an essential piece, and, and it, it's a continuous thing. Even once you get the person, as, as, as we were talking about a little bit earlier, into the position, there's a continuous process of development and nurturing because issues and focuses and the politics of things change. And so there's a need for there to be constant modifications and constant feedback, people being honest and talking to each other very frankly about what their expectations are. So it goes right back again to we really need to understand the job and the position and the fact that the position in many cases, both in nonprofits as well as in the public sector, depending upon the politics of issues or the funding that's available, 
uh, the job may take swerves and curves and, yeah. you know, then come back on track. But we have to be ready um, uh, to uh, give feedback to that right person who we selected probably in the first place. Mm-hmm. But we need to continue to provide them with all the resources and all the support that we possibly can and give them honest feedback. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, I've been in those situations so many times in the workplace. They're real. And the most difficult part is the honest, open communication. People are really talking about what they really see with regard to what needs to be improved or what's really working really well um, uh, as far as a person's performance or the accomplishment of goals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that is um, critical. I think when we um, just kind of look at the whole concept of being able to um, I think as our friend, what is the author of AHA Performance? Uh, Doug uh, Walker. What's it? Doug Walker, yeah. I know he likes to say um, managing results versus managing performance. And so much of that really is about being able to clearly communicate expectations yeah. as well as create a process for being able to monitor all those expectations being met. And then the third piece to that is the um, consequences, and if they're on track, being able to cheer them on and say, great job, you're on track, yay, yay. And if they're not on track, being able to do what Larry's talking about and that is giving them that feedback so there's an opportunity for growth. I think um, too often as supervisors we may not give the feedback, and by the time we decide to be active, um, I've seen supervisors turn into reporters where they're recording what's not happening versus seeing their role as being the active developers. Let me see if I can develop, let me see if I can coach this person to where they need to to be. And if that's not happening, then transition into well, what needs to happen to, um, you know, make that pivotal decision with regards to is this person going to be able to turn the corner or not. But have I done my job first as a supervisor in giving that critical feedback um, that validates the great performance and encourages the positive performance to continue and then also tries to reshape and redirect the performance that's not hitting the target. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I'd just like to add too, Cheryl, that one of the things that I think is, is critically important is that in the workplace, you know, there's a two-way street. And, and, and so there's responsibilities in, in, for supervisory employees, and there's responsibilities for employees uh, that are taking direction. And so everybody needs to share in that, that, that effective communications process. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, final thought, uh, tip, Valerie, final thought from yourself. Yes. Um, I think one of the key things is after you get the right person in the right seat is the work of keeping the right person in the right seat. And um, one of the goals of coaching is being able to coach the employee uh, through their their um tenure with the organization. So usually an employee comes in, we're coaching them up into becoming competent, and they reach a level of competency, and then we kind of lose sight of them because they're doing fine, we don't have any issues. Um, And then the performance may begin to slip. We then forget the coaching piece, and I think it's critical to consistently coach employees to their highest potential. Uh, our role as supervisors, managers, leaders is to support employees in being successful because their success is organization success. Um, and I think, as you said, Dr. G, once, um, if 
it is determined that an employee, after coaching and being supported with the right resources and development plan and what have you, if that employee is not making it, be gracious and help them uh, with dignity find another place to go. Uh, It's hard to watch a person come to work, know they're not being successful, and their supervisor not acknowledge and support that person and moving on with grace, it has to come to, you know, a negative departure. And I think it doesn't. We, it's, your, it's something I learned from you, Dr. Jen, that is help people move on, and, and they will be more appreciative to you for helping them move than they would staying there and being in a negative situation. So I think it's our role to help people stay in the right seat, but when it's not the right seat, help them move on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, um, love that, and I so um, definitely agree with that with regards to throughout the process being gracious. I agree 200%. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Larry, final thought from yourself. I just, uh, Valerie really summed it up well. I think I just... Just about almost have to rest right there with her. It is so important to be able to leave people with a, their dignity and respect. There's always a way um, uh, to import and to share with a person that certain portions of this are your responsibility. Yes. Mm-hmm. It can be done in a very effective and a positive way that does leave the opportunity for there to be something else. It doesn't have to be just one way. Right. So, um, yeah, I think this has been wonderful. Thanks for the opportunity to, to be here with you all. Yeah, thank you. I've so enjoyed um, having this conversation with you and Valerie today and really appreciate your being with us. Yes, and I want to also thank our listening audience for tuning in and ask you to join us next week at on Wednesday at 2 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time on more on how you, too, can make your leadership matter. Thank you again for tuning in. Leadership Matters with Dr. G is broadcast live every Wednesday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a wonderful week and make your leadership matter.